Hello and welcome friends talking is my game and sauce talk the podcast's robot host is my name. We have a great show for you tonight Aaron is here. Aaron is a great guest. If you recall the last time he was on he said he didn't like sauce. However his time in the octagon with Johnny taught him the error of his ways and now he says maybe he does like sauce. This show changes lives people. Wow. Good job Johnny. You are a very good host. Whipping up some ranch. BBQ. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back yet again another fantastic episode of Sauce Talk. You know why? On the other line, it's Aaron. Aaron, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, John. It's always a pleasure to be here. Always a pleasure. Always glad to have you. Always asking the same question at the top of the show. Hey, Aaron, eat anything good lately? I did, Johnny. I did. So okay. our next, oh, did you want to say anything else about that? I think that would be my favorite segment if someone just said yes and yeah. you both moved on. I think Good to know. Like, I'm glad you're not just out there Put eating that in the, your back pocket, yeah. finding the fish skeleton <laughs> out of a trash can like Heathcliff. You don't want to be doing that. No, I did eat fish today. Um, we had some salmon for no, dinner. Is this the good thing or are we talking, some, is this a side thing? This is a segue, Johnny. I didn't. I don't know if that was one of the options. Okay, so your segue <laughs> is an entire yeah. story. Let's hear it. it is a, it's not much of a story. I had salmon for dinner. Um, Sounds good. And it was the first salmon I had had all summer uh, that was not fresh that we caught ourselves. So the good thing I had eaten was all the salmon we had the rest of the summer that we had caught uh, in Alaska. Nice, fresh salmon prepared pretty similar, uh, simply. Just a, a seasoning rubbed on it and either pan fried or grilled or just baked. We did it all. We had half our freezer full of it uh, when we got back from Alaska. So it was a wonderful summer of fresh salmon and fresh veggies from the garden. So just really enjoyed the homemade fresh salmon all summer. That's a good thing. It sounds like you are truly living well with this stuff. So let, let, let's go through the process from the beginning. So you went to Alaska, and so was was one of your main goals when you went to Alaska to get fish, to catch fish, to go fishing? Yeah, so um, Jordan was very excited about that activity. We had thought about So you're not, because you, you mentioned her wanting to do that, not you. I was I was down for it, um, but it was she was definitely the driving force, because what we were definitely going to do was whale watching, but I found a company that will take you out – on a small boat and do both fishing and whale watching. Like this is a so whale trip, but also like doing. while while you're looking around, if you don't see any whales at the given moment, feel free to cast the line. Uh, exactly. So it was um, so it was a combo deal. So actually, the very first thing we did when we got there, uh, the next day was uh, meet our captain and his deckhand, and they took us out. Do you recall the captain's name? Hours. I want to say it was Kevin. He um, he was a Bears fan, and uh, he had 
I don't. I think he had, was bald. He was wearing a stocking cap, and he his facial hair was what would be a soul patch, except it extended about eight inches. Wow! It was dyed purple, so he was awesome. This sounds great. Um, and he took us out and found a spot to fish for salmon while we watched one humpback whale uh, eat next to us, which was very very cool. Uh, and then we went out further into the ocean and saw more whales um, for a couple hours after pulling the lines in because fishing is a very, a lot more physical than I thought it would be a lot more. It kind of wore us out after a little bit. Um, was that because you were pulling so many fish out of the water constantly? Well, I was trying to. So the fish we ate, we brought home two that they were able to fillet for us there and they shipped it here frozen. Um, both of them were pulled into the boat by Jordan. Okay. Uh, I pulled one into the boat, but we had to send them back because it was a king salmon and was, uh, a little too small okay. to be kept. So you had to keep it back. So I unsuccessfully attempted to bring in probably six because she had already gotten a couple and let me keep trying. So what happens is we, while we're out there, we have two poles kind of resting in a holster and, uh, at a certain depth that the captain weighs down and when a fish bites it knocks the weight off. So we see the pole start flapping and you grab it, you pull it out and then you got the, you try and reel it in. So I couldn't really, I wasn't very good at it. They kept getting off my line. So it was pretty, uh, not, not strenuous, but over and over with the reeling and the, and the pulling and, uh, it wore us out. So we did that for a couple hours and then just went and watched whale swim for a couple more. So it's it sounds like a magical day. day. I mean, this is this is a very memorable thing. I think this is uh, doing well. And so they say that part of, part of this process though was whatever fish you do catch, they help you with that and get them. You don't got to just like well tonight go eat those or else they're going to go bad. But they know how to pack them and ship them, and so you just get home and they're there. Yeah, we had kind of hoped that we would be able to actually have at least some while we were still there because we did this on day one. Okay. And uh, I know when we had thought about doing it on another another trip to Florida and we had seen people bring their fish in to restaurants and have it prepared. So we we're hoping to do that, but apparently that wasn't possible there. So instead they just filleted it and sent it down to us. That's pretty good. I like I, I'm glad you said that you saw people in Florida taking it to restaurants and saying cook it up. Because I was initially envisioning like you go out and you catch like this incredible blue marlin or whatever and you go back to your hotel and you got a hot plate in there and you're just like <laughs> trying to cut the scales off in the bathtub and then you sit on the hot plate it's not gonna be good at all that's not the way to do <laughs> that it. would that would be quite gourmet yeah that uh no it was nice to have them fillet and everything um but you know, hopefully one day i can do it right in the restaurant there you uh you ever you ever clean a fish get it ready to go yourself no yeah and um, so this guy, so the deckhand, his name was Eli, I think, and he was probably 15 years old. So he was the one who kind of netted the fish after we got it up onto the boat and he took care of the gutting and everything. And there was a little cooler right there on the back of the boat where he did sure. all this and he had a hose and I, uh, I didn't look, I don't know how, how, how rough it was. Jordan kept an eye on it. So she knew what she was getting into, but watch it. So he didn't just switch out the. <clears throat> saran wrap stuff and just oh yeah this is that good fish you caught let me slide it right into your cooler <laughs> for you i think she very much appreciates you know being uh aware of where food comes from and things like that which i, I i'd rather not think about it yeah. so 
I think that was part of the process for her. It it didn't seem like it was appetizing to me, though. Well, it sounds like it was an appetizing experience in the end, and uh, this is an amazing thing. So you said you, you want to do this in in Florida. You are you fish travelers now? Is this one of your main things? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we might be. We just went to Alaska in July, so we haven't we haven't left since then. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know what's on the list for next. Uh, I'm guessing if fishing is a possibility, it, it might be something we check out. Yeah, I'm excited. Like I, I, the, the next one, I suppose would be the interesting one because Alaska and Florida in terms of the United States feel like the obvious fishing trap, like big time fish traveling destinations. Yeah, you're right. I don't know what's Um, third. Well, I I don't know what, uh, I have a friend who did it off the coast of like Mexico, Southern Western Mexico, but I don't think that's obviously it's one. It's not in the United States, but also I don't know if it was just because it, was warm yeah it's just um be, it could be the opposite of like the alaska thing it was like well we can go on this boat anyway it's gonna be fun yeah you want to cast exactly. some lines go it, for it don't think it was like on a whales. bachelor party yeah um so our captain told us about that i had asked him if he's a, a tourist fisher and he definitely was and his thing he was very excited about was river fishing for some specific type of trout and I, Madagascar, I think, or Mozambique, oh, wow. somewhere in southeastern Africa. That was on his bucket list. So it was pretty, it was interesting. I don't remember what else he said with some of his highlights. I, we probably should have taken note. Maybe Jordan did. But we'll, so there are destinations for that, I guess, if we get really into it. You can, you can travel the world catching fish. I mean, it was, it was really nice to eat that all summer. And we had a, a barbecue where we brought a few fillets and we were able to put them on the grill with everybody. So it was, it was fun. It was worth it. It was definitely worth it. Sounds amazing. Let's move on to our next topic. Uh, I don't know how regularly, don't answer, you've been listening to the podcast, but if it's anything but very regularly, you might not be aware of our new segment that we do almost every show. And please do not blurt out anything as I introduce the segment, but the name of the segment is How Many People, Aaron Lauder, Do You Love? I'll set out the ground rules. Uh, you are you can't say any names. If you say a name, you fucked it up. That's bad behavior. But you have the choice. You can either just think about it and give me a number, or you can talk All through right. your reasoning as you see fit. But what we're looking for is a, a single number. Aaron Lauder, how many people do you love? That is, I think I have heard this segment, and it's a great one. I don't recall anybody else's answers. Um, I would say it's got to be, I'm going to say approximately 30. 30. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I believe I can do this. I believe we have done this segment four times now. And I won't say whose was whose because... I, I just want to. I want to establish the range more than anything. I believe our answers now, in order from lowest number to largest number. I believe our answers are one, twenty, thirty, and thirty. Interesting. It's, a, it's an interesting range. I honestly, I, I when we got thirty, I didn't know if we'd get another thirty, and here we are. I am. 
dying to know who who gave you the one. It was Charlie Yorty. Was it? Yep. Do you, do you have anything to say about how many people Charlie loves? You going to tell him who to love? That's that's your role. Who do you think you are? The United States government. You know what? I'm proud of him for uh, for keeping it special. Good for Charlie. Yeah, I I didn't know he felt that strongly about me. It was a big deal. It felt <laughs> great. Yeah. I patted myself on the back after that one. Okay, it's a great segment. Thank you for participating. I thought we'd do that right at the top here because we're going to transition into our next segment, which is pretty related. Uh, this came up at a recent uh, hang. We'll call it a hang. Of three people, name of me, you, and your lady, Jordan. We were at Nice Lounge drinking interesting malort. Some of us liked them more than others. And uh, one thing came up that I thought would be fun to discuss. And the name of this segment is God damn, Aaron Lauder has a lot of friends. Now you're shaking your head so, as though that's not the case. You motherfuckers listening at home. Boy, usually I just call the, the guest a motherfucker. I apologize to the <laughs> listeners. You guys are great. Uh, it's uh, Aaron is saying he doesn't have that many friends. You guys at home, wait until you hear what he says in this segment. Don't give me a so number. I don't, Let's just talk in general. You say you don't have that many friends. You think you, I, you're going to stand by that? I, I I don't think it's an absurd amount. I don't think it's going to be shocking. I... um. Let's talk it's, about it's, how many I'm, friends, friends. I'm lucky to have a good, a good uh, group of supportive friends to spend time with. Okay. Yeah. So first, you. So I am familiar with you. Participate in our group chat with me. Yes. So you're you're yeah. buddies with us. We, we're not telling anybody about that. We know about that. Who else are you friends with? What are the, what are the, what are your circles? So I remember this conversation because that was a great hang at the Nisei Lounge. Um, that's not how I remember it. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I believe the parameters set forth there were how many of my friends, Jordan and I interact with on a regular basis. I think that's where uh, I that really came see. into the awe portion of this. When you were des- describing how many people you see on like a even weekly basis. So I think, I think my, my head shake was, I don't think it's weekly. I think it's, it's maybe monthly. Monthly, okay, that's fine. Let's let's talk about or, how many how many people you see a month. I would say people that I would consider friends that I see on a monthly. And basis. You see them socially on purpose. It's not like oh, I saw Steve in the mail room at work. It's it's people you're going out of your way to see because you want to because you're your pals. You want to hang out with them. Yeah, yeah. That I think we came up with depending on exactly where you draw the line at a friend somewhere around twenty five. Uh, you know, between 22 and 28 or something there. Okay. So I think on a, in a, in a busy month where I'm in town and I have time to spend with people, you know, like coming up to holidays, holiday parties, things like that. We'll try and do probably about 25, 25. Yeah. And, but that, but so it's important to keep in mind for the listener, a normal month that wouldn't include like me. Right. Yeah. These are, these are people that these all are live people in, in Champaign, the Champaign area. 25 yeah. And we had a discussion on this podcast not too long ago where I said that anyone you texted in the last year was your friend. And you have 25 people you see about every month. So do you have 100 friends? I don't think it'd be 100. I think it might, if I, because I really, besides my Champaign-Urbana friends, there are probably, and you guys, 
there might be three or four other people I have really an interaction with from like high school, college, whatever. Okay. And so, so are, are the Champaign-Urbana people, are they high school or college friends or are they, I assume they're not law school friends. I, if they are, you can say so, but I don't know who it would be. They're not, no, they're not, they're people I've met in the last couple of years, uh, you know, 10 years The people so. post-law school friends that with, uh, you have there locally. Um, yeah, with maybe a couple of exceptions, people I met in law school. My friend Joe, I think some of you all met yeah, during no law Joe. school. Yeah, no, Joe. He's a good guy. So he's here. He's He'd be in that group. And I can't remember if there's a couple of people I met through him, you know, during law school. But uh, everybody else, yeah, I've met lately. Um, so before we get too deep into that, you say you think you have three or four high school or college friends. Is that correct? Did I get that right? Uh, that I have you know, messaged or talked to in the pod, I would say in the past year. Yeah. Would you, do you want to argue that you have high school and college friends that you have not spoken to in the last year? No, in fact, I, mean, I, I, might, I mean, if it's up to you, no, if anything, I, I might have a hard time even calling them still friends. Sure. Uh, but since we've all agreed, that's the standard, then yeah, I'll go with that. Okay. So um, you've got those three or four. Now, who are these people, these 25 people that you see in a month? Uh, so a, a decent group of them are people that I met actually way back right after law school. I lived above the blind pig for those of you that remember, uh, that establishment. Um, and, uh, I had a neighbor up there above the blind pig as well. So I would get, I got to know him by just milling around the pig and some of his coworkers, and some of their mutual friends, and it kind of went from there. And then a very good number of these people are people that I've met by either participating in or hosting trivia, and then we still do a regular, you know, pretty regular pub trivia nights at a couple establishments from, from time to time. So I see them. We either get together to do that with different groups, or there's people we know that we see there for those events. Um, but most of them I kind of just met organically through my neighbor and his friends and just get to know people in a small town, I guess, over 10 years. I think it's good work. Uh, why Why do you think – so do, do you mostly attribute this to trivia, or, or why is it that you think you've had such, such success? Uh, people regularly discuss the difficulty of making friends post-school, uh, and in, you're the opposite of this. You have very few friends, relatively who are school related. How did, how did you do this? How did you get so popular? Well, I lived practically in a bar, which you were just in, in a, a social situation. People recognized I, you saw you a lot. I think that's true. You know, I lived, I lived right above the bar. We were down uh, the patio, uh, drinking. Um, you know, I had my dog who people liked and, uh, he's a nice icebreaker and, you know, after the bar, maybe people come upstairs and, you know, we keep hanging out. So I think it was just a social environment. Uh, you know, I was newly single in a town where I lived for three years, but didn't know anybody. So just a lot of being out. Trivia was a thing that I started doing with those people. And then through that met other people. Um, they, they, so they become, a, this is a popular guy. All these other people like him. They sign off. So I'll just join their crew and I'll, I'll like this cool guy, too. You know, I don't want to speak for their motivations. I don't. We we uh... tell me other motivations they might have had. Do you think any of these people are <laughs> like undercover cops? 
No, 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 no. I, I, they, I just don't want to take too much credit. Did I you think see it was the a, Americans? It was just a group of cool people. Uh, not a cool guy. And, uh, you know, a lot of people who are grad students or, or uh, like me, just out of grad school. Uh, so a I think people, there are a lot of... Is that a thing you say? A lot, a lot of people like me. I don't know. I really can't explain I said a lot, a lot of people similar to me is what I meant there. Hmm. Um, Revisionism but, uh, is a word for that. I think it's a small town where a lot of people move here and don't know anyone and make an effort to uh, to find people to get to know. Um, as a, I don't know. It's, so it's just, and there's, there's not that many spots to go, you know? So all the people who want to get to know people kind of hang out in the same three or four spots and uh, try to make sure there's no... No, du- no duds in the group, and you're good to go. I think that is a fair point, that uh, a, a good way to make progress in this is to run into someone several times, and it's probably easier to run into someone several times if there's, like, four bars that you and this crew think are cool. And I'm sure if, you, if, if people are in a different crew, then they'll go to a different four bars and think those are the cool ones, and they can have the same experience. And so maybe there's some self-selecting, and then there's you're you're running into these people more frequently, and all of a sudden, well, look, I've got 25 incredible friends I'm going to see every month. 25. So when you, roughly when you see these people, how you see 25 people in a month, is that do you see them like in groups of five or six a bunch, or is it like there's just a big party and all 25 are there? Uh, definitely more like groups of five or six. Okay. Um, how about real quick? Do all these 25 people know each other? Not all of them. I would say most of them know each other okay. and probably, probably half, depending on who you're talking to, would also consider each other friends. Do, do all of them so, know you? Yeah. Yeah. They all know me. And that they, they, they still want to hang out? Yeah. Yeah. They, they like to hang out. So. You know, like if we do a friendsgiving, if we if, if this group gets together and do a friendsgiving, it'd probably be at least you probably you know, have, to, you have to like rent a mansion. Uh, we so like on New Year's Eve when we all go out to dinner, we usually do reserve like um, an entire you know, hotel, seven <laughs> seventeen floors, just, just like the private dining area in a okay. in a restaurant or something. Yeah, so usually around twenty is the head count for something like for like a big event like that. Mm-hmm. And then the other people, people more that I know. Um, myself that I, I see. Uh, my next question I have written down here is, do you think you're better than me? No. You want to know why, Johnny? Because you're just, you're so smart. Boy. Man, we're not going to do the next. Question. How's that going to work? Even worse. <laughs> next segment. <clears throat> Aaron Lauder, you're a popular guy. You're always having lots of fun with your friends. And if it's the New Year's Eve, you rent out a big room. So you got to be thinking about hosting events and eating food, sharing food. It's possible one of these events, somebody's going to grab something, grab a little, little finger food. It could be a little dry. Hey, Aaron, what sauce are you bringing to the table this week? I got just the thing, John. Um, so, actually, I think it's kind of two sauces. Um, one is a bulldog sauce, 
which I used to have in front of me. I think it's Tonkatsu, actually, but the brand is Bulldog. And it's just kind of a sweeter barbecue type sauce you would get at an Asian grocery. And what I like about it is we have uh, an air fryer. And one of the things Jordan likes to make up is because I just am pretty useless with food. Is, uh, that sentence mixes, was too long. I know. She mixes the bulldog sauce with like a hoisin sauce and a bit of honey and uh, puts it on wings, dumps it in wings, dumplings, whatever. And that is kind of my go-to sauce here. So that is the sauce I'm bringing to the table. Bulldog sauce. But if anyone wants to come down to Champagne, we can do Jordan's special Bulldog sauce mix. I would be sure to call ahead. Aaron could have 17 social engagements this evening. but Don't worry about it. There's always room for one more. Come on down. Um, it sounds really good. I love hoisin sauce. I don't know what bulldog sauce is. I am a vegetarian, so I assume, like, I don't I don't eat bulldog. But it, it, it tastes good? Yeah, it's very good. And um, for, like, uh, if you're going to put a dumpling or something in that, that'll be good. Um, the wings adding the hoisin really, uh, gives it a little more, you know, flavor to it. And, um, it's pretty good. I am upset that you didn't care when I implied that bulldog sauce had bulldogs in it. I mean, I haven't read the ingredients. So you I, don't, you think it might? How I think it's highly, un- found out I think it's highly unlikely. That would but. be such a specific ingredient. It's like, go get me some dogs. Wait. Don't go just yet. Not the right kind. You can't just go to the pound. We got we got some more steps before you can pick I mean, these I, dogs up. I didn't want to correct you. That'd be rude. I, I think you probably, if someone suggests that you were eating dog, I think you should always correct them. That's a good point. I did bring that sauce to the table and then you suggested yeah. it. Filled yeah. I should have been. I maligned your sauce to an incredible degree. Yeah. But it, it, it sounds really good. And it sounds like you've got some interesting uses for it. And I know previously on this, this very program, you've indicated that you did not think of yourself. I mean, you might even go so far as to refer to yourself. I think these were your words. I can't remember exactly. But I, I think you said you were a sauceless bitch. Is that correct? That sounds like something I would say. Yeah. Only about yourself. But yeah. now you sound in saucy AF. Well, interestingly, I am currently in sauce exile uh, under doctor's orders. So unless I'm pretty careful about what's in my sauces, I am currently eating a lot of sauceless meat. So you lay off the sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them. All of them. So uh, currently in sauce exile and missing it more than I thought I would. So that's that's brought to my attention that maybe... Because I think of sauces as more hot sauce oriented and things like that, maybe I was more into sauce than I thought. And it, it could be that the the sauces in particular that you were into, like I would bet few doctors would be like, I'm very concerned that you're eating some vinegar and hot peppers in this hot sauce. Oh, yeah. I yeah, doubt that it it's like, like don't eat hot sauce. It, it's the actual good ass stuff that you want. Soy sauce. Yeah. yeah. They're like, hey, we, you take it easy with that stuff. It's like, you want to just pour some franks on all your food what the hell do i care it's 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 a shit you want they're gonna cut out um 
So I don't know. I may have to build a tolerance to Franks and and, and go with that. There's lots see. of good ways to enjoy sauce. And if you, th- you think about it, everything can be a sauce. What is water but God's sauce? God gave us that sauce so we could live and be happy. I would love to read the chat if somebody tried to bring sauce, water to the table. Uh, I've mentioned this before, but there's we're never going to hit the bottom in regards to that because – friend of the podcast, Gina Rochelle, came on this goddamn show once, and she said her sauce was laundry sauce, which meant, I think, detergent. So, like, oh, oh, speaking of, my doctor has given me the same advice. Stop (laughs) eating laundry sauce, Johnny. And I forgot about that. I I let him know, and he's like, I don't care how good it tastes. You stop. And I said, (laughs) well, this is why people don't just trust doctors. Aaron, it's time for our next segment. Uh, we were talking, I'm going to pull the curtain back a little bit here, give you guys a little sauce talk, insider, inside baseball chat. Uh, sometimes before the show starts, I talk to the guests and, uh, they'll be talking about just whatever. And I try to, I try to be nice and pay attention, but I don't really care. But this time, uh, Aaron was saying some boring stuff, and I was ignoring it. But then he said that uh, he's been seeing houses because he might buy a house. Traveling around looking at houses, Aaron? Yeah, just this week um, we've looked at a couple. So before – so my day started at a house that I liked quite a bit. And so my um, realtor emailed me this afternoon – actually a pre-inspection report that had been done on it. So I emailed her a bunch of questions back and uh, she um, replied and I don't know, we'll see what happens tomorrow. But uh, yeah, it might be, might be uh, climbing into the homeownership ranks, I guess. What? Um, here in the near future. What, uh, what has made you decide that now is the time? That is a great question. You notice. Um, so go ahead. Well, I live in a uh, someone else's house that they own. You currently do, and yeah, okay. I mean it's a rental. I, I rent a house from someone else, and I share a wall with somebody. Uh, it's a duplex, and so you know it's just kind of old of uh, living. I've lived here for a while, so I how long you live there? Tired of living. I lived here about six years. That's a long time. Spot, yeah. And I, I have a good, good good deal on rent, but um, so that's why I've just stayed. But I don't know, just uh, a little tired of living in someone else's space, wanting one of my own. Now that Jordan's been here for a while, you know, we're filling the space up between the two of us a bit more. So um, a little more space, our own space, you know, a yard, things like that. So um, why not? That sounds very exciting. Uh what just generally i don't know anything about champagne and environs these days but like what sort of areas are you looking at um well i'd like so i currently live i don't know if anybody's going to remember champagne well enough for this i currently live fairly close to downtown like if i walked it'd be about 20 minutes to most of the bars and restaurants um so I'd like to stay in this neighborhood. Um, it just, uh, there's, it's not a very robust market right now. So if, it kind of depends on how much time I, I wait for something in this neighborhood or if I find something good enough 
a little further away from everything. So the one I looked at today is towards Southwest Champaign. Um, I mean, it's everything's 10 minutes away, so it's not that far, sure. but yeah, it's sort of toward the edge of town, but not too bad. Do you have any insane requests? Do you, is there anything, do you want like, uh, I'm trying to think hidden. Do you want to have a panic room in your house? Do you want to have secret tunnels to get out? Do you want an attic that you can keep bones in? What do you, what weird stuff do you want in your house? I mean, who doesn't want those things? Um, and obviously you take them all if you can get them, but you're going to have yeah. to pick and choose. So which are the weird things? Hot tub. You know, if I could, I looked at one with the hot tub yesterday. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I think it'd be cool to have like a little, one of those bookshelf, bookshelf doors. You pull the book maybe, and then it turns. Yeah. yeah. Like, but I didn't have to lead to anything neat. You can just be like, they guessed. There's just like some more but... books back there. <laughs> it's just my, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, this is, this is the book storage. Not even a library, just a bunch of books and bankers. This boxes. is the book annex. So there's yeah. more books. And, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It'd be cool to have just that little trick. I don't know what the maintenance on something like that would be. But, I uh, think, well, if you buy the house, it's on you. You got to learn, you got to get so, that YouTube video. It says, how do I make the book <laughs> turn my cupboard around and show me how to go yeah. in the other room with more books? So I got to check. I mean, what where, where are the components that go wrong? What's the lifetime on these things? We'll see. I bet your realtor know, would be real be excited if you sent that email. It's like, I just want to let you know, I've changed some of my requirements <laughs> and I, on my list of musts. I've got Yeah, this shouldn't be too hard to find in the like <laughs> 19 houses that are for sale in Champaign right now. It's, one of them has to have it. So, I like it. So, uh when you become a homeowner, do you what do you think will change? Do you think you will start voting for Republicans? You know, the the one the one thing about this particular place um so in our neighborhood it is nice. It's it's like older trees and stuff like that is what we like about it. And lots of people have gardens in their front yard and uh, little like free plant, take a plant stands and oh, stuff yeah. like that. It's just very, it's pretty, it's a cool little neighborhood. Oh, and there, a lot of the yard signs are, you know, more democratic yard signs. Um, or even, you know, if it, if there's two Democrats in the primary, it will see the more progressive candidate sure. in our neighborhood and stuff. And this neighborhood today we noticed there, there was the two houses kind of close to each other. The one with the hot tub, not a lot of political signs anywhere. As soon as we hit the the couple of blocks close to this place, other place, we started seeing a lot of local Republican uh, yard signs. So that is one, I guess, thing we'll have to keep an eye on in this, this place. But the guy across the street from me, and these are all just, like I said, local Republican races. Um, the guy across the street from me has – both a Trump 24 flag hanging up or a Trump one flag, one of the two, they look the same. And for a long time, he had a Chinese flag with like a white strip taped to it or something that said, you know, we own Joe or something. So it can't be anything worse than that. Uh, so I didn't see any like Trump one signs or anything in the neighborhood, but a lot of like the local Republican for sheriff and stuff like that. Yeah. So gave me some hesitation about leaving this neighborhood. Uh, that I already had. Maybe you can just go over there and start shit. I was going to say, I, we, we, you won't, well, maybe all uh, the other, you know, uh, more, more progressive people in that neighborhood are afraid to, you know, cause trouble or something. Yeah. Like see. there's but. all these things that over the years we've given up 
that in some ways have value as symbols, <laughs> maybe you go to Republican Sheriff Man's house, you burn a cross in his yard. See how he likes that. So I don't think I should do that because <laughs> one of the things the local Republicans are doing are running a lot of minority candidates uh, against, uh, you know, because Urbana and everything is pretty strongly Democratic. So I don't know if that's their effort to to appeal to those voters, but I probably shouldn't start burning crosses in the yard. Yeah, don't do that. Just kick the shit out of somebody. Yeah, you that's. Know, I think what, that's acceptable. Yeah. That's the reasonable thing to do. You're like, knock, knock, this is your um, house. You know about that sign. Bad news for you, buddy. And you just, yeah. just all up in his business. I, I also thought maybe there's like, it's like if there's a city council seat in that area, I, I could, you know, support that candidate or something. And, and but Or we can get violent with it, whatever we need to do. Maybe you run for city council. You want to be city council? Say the truth. I'll think about it. You might do it. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, Sauce talk scandal. You just wait. I'll release. The, I have I got <laughs> tapes. All the tapes. I'm going to put them on a laptop, take it to computer repairman MAGA. He's going to play with the laptop, see what it is. Oh, you're so host. You're going to be in a bad this, this way. Tur- this took a turn. This took a turn. We have time for just one more major segment here, Aaron. Uh, many our most committed listeners will recall that I have been trying to unload a segment on someone where we talk about sleepovers for a while now and nobody wants to do it. Do I want to do this segment because I have one specific sleepover story I want to tell? Yes. Do I think it would be a good segment? Also, yes, I think it would be fine. But every time I offer it to a guest, they say no. Today, I offered the sleepover segment to Aaron, and I offered as the alternative, we could do the high school segment. He said no to both. I did tell him I had one other segment. I didn't tell him what it was. The third segment that we were doing, because Aaron rejected high school and Aaron rejected sleepover, even though those are great topics. Third segment, topic name of root beer. Aaron, do you like root beer? I do like root beer. Me too. It's great. We had that. I have. I have something for this. Actually, let's go. I had, this was the best choice. I have way more for this than high school. Fuck yeah. We went to uh, Louisville a couple weeks ago. Root beer capital for... of the Midwest. Is it really? Is it I, known for root beer? Is, is Kentucky the Midwest? There's lots of questions. I don't think that's true, though. Well, we were at a music festival and sponsored by root uh, beer. I'll just guess. There was a large. There was a large root beer stand. Damn. And it was like, it almost like was set up like an old timey apothecary and stuff. And they actually had two options that are root beer and a birch beer, um, which I I don't know what that is. I, I was going to say, if you got any birch beer info, I'll follow up on that. But it sounds like no. It tastes, I don't know what it is. It was clear. It tasted a lot like root beer, but just a, a touch less sweet. Um, but we, so we got one of each. They were both actually quite good. They're like. I guess local root beer crafted, or I don't know how local. I can't remember the name. Not a lot of details. Um, so I'm sorry about that. But it was very good. And, uh, yeah, I do like a root beer from time to time. Uh, I'm glad you like root beer, too. It would be a bad segment if you didn't. Um, now, this is – I don't usually do this kind of segment anymore. 
It was a mainstay of the early days of the post-fantasy football sauce talk that I would just do a segment where we talked about a thing and I had not researched it and I made it clear that I didn't want, obviously I don't want us to research it, but I'm also not especially interested in anybody else doing the research and catching me up. This is a throwback to that. So anybody out there, not to name any names, you want to name any names? Yeah, Pat. Yeah, there it is. Anybody out there who's thinking, I might just fucking read the Wikipedia on root beer and give Johnny a three-sentence summary mistake. Don't want it. This is as far as this goes. So, top order, first in order of business, Aaron Lauder, what the fuck is root beer? I don't know. Do you know? Is it made from roots? I I would assume so. Do they brew roots? (laughs) No, maybe they used to. There's no way they do now. Yeah, that's a good question. Do you think root beer has um, ever been – do you think root beer was initially alcoholic? I would think so. So that's – that was And then now we get of, the non-alcoholic version? Yeah, because this place was set up as um, – what I what was cool about this festival, there were several um, areas devoted to, like, sober hanging out. Um, and this was one of them with the root beer. Now, do you think uh, that's area? mocking Although, sober people? Be like, you can drink root beer? It's like, well, how about I, I can drink anything? You don't got to call it beer. Just please me. Well, they dressed it up like like a homemade, crafty thing, like trying to almost be, you know, somewhat kind of alternative. It's got to like weird curvy pipes the craft and stuff. Beer, and where, like, where you could get, it? Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was. It was kind of steampunky. Like so you could maybe, it was almost set up like the kind of thing you could turn into a hobby and get nerdy about. Um, I didn't do that. I put bourbon in my root beer. Um now, but did you did, did like you have permission to do that, or did you just do that? Well, I, I bought the root beer, I left, and then I went to the bourbon tent and put bourbon in my root beer. And now, is the bourbon tent what you call your pocket full of whiskey? <laughs> it was actually a bourbon-centered music festival. It's called Bourbon and Beyond. Oh, okay. And so there were a lot of bourbon stands set up, which unfortunately it was like 96 degrees. You're so going to eat a lot of root beer on a day like that. Yeah. So standing in line trying to do tastings of of root beer in the sun was, was not really appetizing, but getting a uh, one, one shot to dump in a root beer was fine. So. Um, root beer is made from roots. I, I mean, anything will ferment, right? With enough time. So yeah. they used to ferment roots. It's not fermented though. I'm just making this up, but this is what's true. Root beer is, uh, you boil the roots Oh, chicory is involved. I would assume. You get chicory, chicory in there. And then uh, vanilla. And how about this? Here's a word. I'm not sure what this word means either. Is sarsaparilla nearby? Do we, is sarsaparilla, is sarsaparilla's not root beer, right? Can you, is sarsaparilla, were you the person I was talking to about sarsaparilla the other day? I don't, I, you know, you have so many friends, you might be losing your mind, but I don't think you and I have chatted about sarsaparilla recently. I was wondering if it came up with the Nisei because I swear to, I swear I I had a conversation about sarsaparilla. You're going on sarsaparilla talk behind my back, ain't you? Hold on, Jordan. What? Oh, one of my, one of my trivia friends, Doug. We were talking about what? Oh, yeah, because he was asking. We had gone to Wisconsin a few months ago, 
And he asked if we had had Spreckers, which is some sort of Wisconsin root beer. And so we ended up discussing root beer and sarsaparilla came up. So yeah, I still don't know what it is, close, but, but it's on topic. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what oh, sarsaparilla is? We had sarsaparilla at the Ren Fair in Wisconsin, which is, I guess, why it came up. Well, how, fu- how was it? I can't keep track. Jordan's to the one taking notes at all these hangs. Um, Ask her if you like was it. it. Was it good? It tasted a lot like root beer. Apparently, we liked it. Okay. Enough. I have I a new deck. I don't remember uh, de- I, I just looked it up. This is true. Sarsaparilla is root beer without the chicory. That's what it is. Oh, that, that tracks. Yeah. This all makes sense now. I didn't really look so that up, So I don't know up, if you knew true. this. Yeah. I'm gonna, I believe it. And I think what's fun is you just solved a uh, conversation we've been having for weeks. Yeah. So, thanks, John. Uh, you know, this, would, this is a good thing. Expertise. I'm told you're going to see about 25 people in the next couple weeks, month-ish. Please tell yeah. all of them that, sass- that root beer is made from roots and chicory, but it's not brewed, and that sarsaparilla is root beer without the chicory. If I can remember the details, I absolutely You can will. play them this I, podcast, but don't let them listen to the whole that's thing. A, that's a, I was going to say, we might have some new listeners when I tell no, them about you. this whole conversation. I was listening to this podcast about the differences between root beer and sarsaparilla. It's excellent. Okay, let's go through some root beers. Dad's root beer. That stuff sucks. Don't want that. Yeah. Barks root beer. Around? Barks has bite. Barks kicks ass. It tastes super weird. Barks, you know why it tastes so weird? Extra chicory. Extra chicory. Yeah. Too much chicory. It's like the opposite. It's like anti-sarsaparilla. I started to say sarsaparilla how it was spelled, but that's not how to do it. Sarsaparilla is a tough either. one to spell. You are the expert on this. It's like sarsaparilla. It's fucked up. Um... Do you think okay, wait, more root beers. So the most standard root beers are A and W root beer and I like A and W, yeah. I are those I think mug root beer is owned by Pepsi. I'm pretty sure that's right. And is A and W owned by Coke or is it its own thing? I think Barks might be owned by Coke. Ooh, that sounds and right. I like that. I think the that's only right. basis for this is, you know, like fountain machines. Yeah. I think you're um, I right. Think Barks is Coke, which is why I think A and W is is the better one. Yeah. Um. You, is Dad's root beer there still a thing? I think you see I it occasionally, but it. I got it once. Boy, it was a while ago. They used to somewhere. <laughs> I just remember. Here's a memory of mine from the past. Uh, but at some point, I definitely bought a bottle, a plastic brown bottle of dad's root beer that was plainly supposed to look like a 40 but it was root beer right and it was awful and i was so like, do you th- i'm not drinking that ever again so i assume that's the joke behind not your father's root beer the alcoholic root beer which i just now put together because i forgot dad's existed i don't think it's actually based on dad's i think not your father's oh. work stands on stands on its own i thought maybe it was um Payback for, you know, masquerading as an alcoholic beverage that it was now going to. They went to that bourbon festival and drank root beer and got mad. And they're like, they walked, they yeah. stormed out of there. Like, okay, this is awful. we're going to change the world. We're yeah. going to make well, it this... started with dads putting it in a 40 bottle. That's not, that's the same thing. It's on their territory. You ever, so you ever see that's... that stuff anymore? I feel like that was a big thing for a minute. I haven't seen that in years now. No, you're, you're bringing back 
images of it to me, but I have not seen it in a long time. I would never remember. I plotted out an entire root beer segment in 12 seconds before we started the show because you rejected the other segments I wanted to do. And at no point did it occur to me that I should discuss not your father's root beer. But I remember there was one year we had, like, way pre-pandemic, that we had the draft in Chicago. And, like, not your father's root beer was, like, at every place we went. We could not avoid not your father's root beer. When I think of not your father's root beer, I think of that road trip to Pittsburgh where me, you, and Charles. uh, Charlie's a big fan of that not your father's root beer, at least was. Yeah, I think he showed up with, like, a case of that and a bottle of bourbon and we finished that off and then went to the game and things get fuzzy after that yeah jake arietta showed us all we needed to see it was a beautiful day ah Um, best best live event i've ever been to yeah that was incredible um they i remember that not your father's root beer they made like the standard one in six packs that was like five or six percent and then they made the insanity one that was like eleven percent or something. That was you, that, you got to buy that by like the bottle or something. Is yeah, I, I think it was mostly like you could get like a bomber of it, and then maybe they'd have it at some bars. So you'd seek that one out, and then you'd just be like, "Oh my god, I feel like I got punched in the brain." Somebody, somebody whacked me over the head with the forty of Dad's root beer, and now I got to go lay down <laughs> on the sidewalk. I was going to say, I don't know if I'd feel comfortable with a big bottle of dad's root beer, let alone Oof. 11%. So, so okay, we, we drink. When's the last time you had a root beer? Uh, probably that music festival. That's months ago, right? Uh, no, that was that was last month. That was like two weeks ago. Oh, okay. that was very recent. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I've had a root beer. Hmm. I'm going to say no root beer. 2022 everybody's loving on pat he's doing so well with his taco bell pat taco bell 30 day challenge yeah that's i guess we have some listeners who might not be involved with you the very quickly taco bell released a taco lovers pass yesterday or a couple no tuesday a couple days ago in the past and said you buy you give us ten dollars we'll give you a free taco every day for the next 30 days. And then Pat announced to the group that he had purchased this. And then instantly we encouraged him to make full use of his investment. Don't hold back. Why not make sure you get a taco every day for the entire 30 days? And he is, he's announced that he's going to try. I have some questions of his commitment. It seems like he has already acknowledged that he does not, truly intend to make it for all 30 days, but it does seem like he might have pissed his wife off about it in the first two days, which is really the way to do. Like you should definitely like get the downside, but not lock in the upside. Don't you think? I got the impression Jen was going to make him follow through on it. Do you think, do you think she's secretly on our side and she's like, go get your fucking tacos, Pat. I think she's the biggest fan. I hope so. I really hope so. But I got the impression that she was like, you need to go buy tacos. Okay, great. Go buy tacos. What? Great. Good idea. Please leave and go get tacos. Smart. I mean, that's what she said. I don't know how else you would take it. If someone offered you root beer pass, would you get it? Free one root um, beer every day. And wait, wait. One root beer every you can, day. You can have you can have diet if you want. Um, I think I'm like with Pat. Like if it was 
the store next door to my office, then yeah, sure. But I, I don't think I'd go out of my way. I wonder, I don't know. Now, he said that when he's in the office, he has extremely easy access to the Taco Bell. But I think he's only right. in the office a couple of days a week. So then, yeah, like, so, I don't, what do you think his access is out in Oak Park? I guess it could be anything. He could be two blocks away or he could be moderate. I mean, it can't be terrible. It's not like he's driving to Evanston to get it. But, like, it, it could be, it could be not ideal. I would say, unless it's like across the street, just forget it. I'm not doing that. Okay. The root, and in my, yeah. my past, the root beer just comes to your house. Then, yeah, I would absolutely, yeah. yeah. I'd get it too. It sounds good. And if I don't want it that day, I'll just pour it out. What the fuck do I care? Yeah. You should you should partner with that that outfit out of Louisville. They'll do it. Okay, last question. Do you think I could make my own root beer? I have roots and I have I have chicory. I would say based on the knowledge of root beer. I have a lot of curvy tubes too. <laughs> if anyone can do it, it's John Rhodes. Yeah. So Absolutely. Like I don't. If this is you ever watch that uh, Great British Bake Off show? Uh, a couple times. And yeah, they do that technical like. challenge in the middle where they like kind of give you the recipe, but you got to just figure out how to make it. That's like me with root beer. We're like, I really know how to make root beer, and it's very clear. And I'm going to use just the tubes, and there will be pressure. <laughs> and uh, I will use water and brown and chicory and root. <laughs> But like I don't have the recipe, so maybe the second batch will be better than the first. But I agree. I think I could make root beer. I think so. And if you just don't, you put the brown in. I think that's birch beer. So you're ready to go. Blowing my mind over here. And then sarsaparilla. Did we say extra chicory? I don't even remember at this point. I think Barks's bite is the extra oh, chicory. I love that bite. Sarsaparilla, no chicory. Yeah. I want that bite. And you know what? If I could get the bite with other root beer, I'd do that. That's all you need. Add a little chicory. Give me that. Give me, you know what? Orange Just Fanta chicory. with a little bite from Barks. Ooh, now we're talking. She said sick chicory is like a spice. Just add it to anything. I, I, one last thing we'll say. Just as an easy statement that everyone will agree with. I know what chicory is. Okay. Uh, our final segment. We have time for just one final segment. Aaron Lauder, do you have anything you'd like to plug? I do. I thought about this. Uh, I'm going to plug drive-in movie theaters. I'll hear more about that. I don't know who all lives close to one. We've got one about 30 minutes away. I don't know if anybody checked it out. I think some of us did. Um, and right now is the fall, so they're doing lots of... Scary movies? Uh, Halloween movies, yeah. Slasher Weekend, stuff like that. So, I don't know. It's just... Uh, I like the unique way of going to see a movie, appreciate a movie I've seen a few times. Um, it's just a good time out with the good weather, a few friends, uh, enjoy the outdoors, but also do the thing that you would normally do just sitting on your couch inside, wishing, you know, feeling bad that you weren't outside enjoying the weather, but you could just go do it and watch a movie anyway. And it's just a pretty, we did it once or twice over the summer. I think we'll try and get over there this fall, but uh, I hear, you know, there's lots of kids every time I go. So I assume they're enjoying themselves. For listeners with children, uh, you bring the dog. He loves it. So, yeah, I'm going to plug finding your local drive-in movie theater. Support them. I think they have a hard time. But especially during the pandemic, this was the only place we could go see the occasional new movie before they started releasing them at home. And uh, so it was really a good time. So, yeah, I'm plugging drive-in movie theaters. 
It sounds like a lot of fun. I've never I've never been to a drive-in movie theater, so I'm not never. super sure how they work. How how do you so a big part of my movie going experience is I like to I like to have a, a snack a treat. How do you, how do you just get out of your car and walk over someplace, or how does that work? So you got a couple options. Uh, the one we go to for like five bucks, you can buy a, a food ticket, and you basically put that on your dash, and that means you can bring in whatever food you want. I don't want that. I don't think that's out. Next I don't option. think they're allowed, allowed grills or anything. There's also both a snack shack which is, you know, candy, popcorn, things like that, and a burger barn, which is, um, you know, burgers, obviously, hot dogs, fries, things like that. And they sell the um, uh, frozen chocolate bananas that are quite good and uh, your, your big dill pickles and all your classic drive-in treats. So the food's one of the best parts. It sounds like they got good food. And then also you don't have to worry about munching too loud like at a normal movie theater. Uh, are these when you go to get your treats? Is, is that drive through, or do you just get out of your car and walk over there? Yeah, so you you park your car when you get in and you turn it off. They don't want so people you, driving around during the movie. That yeah, could be don't fun. Don't do that. The trickiest part is figuring out how to keep your lights off and your radio on in the car. I still haven't figured yeah, it out. That sounds my. annoying. They don't have that little box that you hang in the, in your window anymore. I know that's how they used to do it. That's how they used to. They have like portable radios you can rent, and I've seen people who especially sit out inside of the car have little portable radios because uh, it just picks. It's just over the AM signal now. Um, so yeah, you get out, you walk over to the burger barns right in the middle, and uh, get your snacks. Use the bathroom. Whatever. So it's established that it's allowed, and no one can tell you that it's not allowed to get out of your car and walk around a little bit. If you're going to like the burger barn and no one can say, sir, you have to get back in your car. You, you're allowed to walk around a little people bit. Mill about, people mill about quite a bit. Yeah. So um, this could be a great place for me to sell my homemade root beer. I just go yeah, here. I park my car. I act like I'm walking to bucks. the burger barn. I'm not whatever. Yeah, I'll pay that. But I, I'm probably going to use confet- uh, counterfeit money. And yeah. then I... Just start walking around, and then I see like that family. You're like, "Oh, we got out of our car." I'm like, "Hey, you guys, I got root beer," and then they'll pay me for the root beer. And then I'll like have a little thing in my. I, I, I'll have a big coat, and I'll just pull out like glass. <laughs> like I have a big two liter bottle that I took the label off of, and I put my root beer in it, and I'll pour them glasses and give them. You could probably get the suit that the the chili guy used in Nathan for you. When he wanted to sell in the hockey that's, arena, that's that's a lot of upfront expense that I don't really know if I can cover right now. This is this root beer thing is really like my last option. Like I, I thought, sauce stock was going to come through in a big way, and I was wrong. <laughs> so it's now it's root beer, or yeah, I'm going to take that heavy coat and I'm going to put some rocks in the pockets and walk into the lake. So the root oh, beer no. has got to work. Fingers crossed. John. I'm I'm rooting. I'm rooting for that root beer. Uh, you got a tagline already. I have a plug as well, very, very brief. But on a, a recent episode of Sauce Talk for the very most dedicated listeners, I discussed with friend of the show, uh, Pat Polk, uh, my affection for pistachios and how I thought they were great. I thought and do think that they are great. And after that, another friend of the show, name of Babs, was like, oh, you, you, uh, pistachio loving MFer, 
I'm going to send you some pistachios that you ain't never had before. And she sent me something called Antep, A-N-T-E-P, pistachios. Do you know these? I do not. I'd never heard of them before. Uh, the bag says they are from Turkey. Seems reasonable. Now, for all I know, all pistachios are from Turkey. I I, I would have guessed the pistachios are from California, but I don't know. But anyway, these are very different than normal pistachios, but they kick ass. I'm really enjoying these. She actually sent me two bags. I have not. I my pistachio consumption. I am the only pistachio consumer in the household, and so it's it's a large bag. I am just about finished with it. When I'm finished with it, I will then open the other bag. I didn't want both open at the same time, but they're great. So, if you ever see some weird pistachios, I believe these came from nuts.com. Not a sponsor. The only if you got if you have money to spend, it's got to be on this root beer. Don't buy these pistachios. <laughs> Message me directly. No matter where you live, we can definitely work. Maybe you can just buy the recipe. I don't just message me about that. But also, if you if you want to eat pistachios, you need the pistachios. I'm sold. I'm not a huge pistachio guy, but these yeah. sound. But you sound like you like root beer, pistachios. though. Pistachios. Love root beer. Hmm. Okay, we can talk I a little bit after after we're done recording. That, 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 that sounds promising. Okay. Um, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Johnny been a treat uh, you expressed some concern uh both when we initially raised the question of you coming on the show and even tonight that you would be an uninteresting guest but i think you've proven yourself extremely wrong you were great well like we said it's all it sinks or swim with john rhodes great job hosting johnny i think i said that not we uh best wishes in the intervening days.